Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a, a podcast, podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. It's you pulled a Wade on me there, Wade, and Mike here in the studio, also with Professor Oakland, who's at the adjunct at, professor. By, by the way, who's at the head of the table? Mm. It might be the other end. It's the, I think this is the head of the oh. table. So, um, we're here. Continuing our series, our winging it series on the thought and life of Martin Luther, and we've gotten to the 1530s. We've talked about um, certain things in the early 1530s, like red letter date, right? The Augsburg um, mm-hmm. Diet of Augsburg, the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. We talked about a few characters, including. Hey, Mike. I was just joking about recording. I didn't really press the button because okay. I knew you were going to do that. So yeah. can we start over? All right, sure. I'm just joking. I didn't really do that. John Frederick. Double faked Mag- you out. John can Frederick. I say why I wanted to open, though? Can I quick just say? Oh, sure. Go ahead. I apologize. We haven't said it as often as we should lately. Um, but we do appreciate uh, if you uh, leave a review, if you're enjoying the mm-hmm. podcast, um, uh, especially the whatever the Apple podcast app is called. Um, like, share. Um, subscribe helping helps a lot uh, um, to help us kind of get a sense for how many listeners we're getting with with downloads. Um, so like, share, subscribe, review. If you're finding it helpful, you can follow us on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page for the podcast. Um, that's an easy place to share things from too. If you find something of uh, interest, Facebook's even doing it now where the videos are embedded, <clears throat> um, so you can um, listen right on there. Or if you're sharing it, someone can click on it and. And dive into what we're talking about. So, just want to encourage that. I have a backlog of episodes to produce and get out. It's just been a bit of a, a hectic time. Um, so, it's going to be a few weeks since we've had something out, but we will have a number of things coming, um, and this will be as part of that. Um, so, just trying to, to kind of re encourage. We uh, remember when we had to get the challenge from 1570 was to get 100 reviews, and we put it out there, and our listeners, boom, we were one of the first to get there. They just jumped on. Um, if you don't like the podcast, don't leave a review. Just do something else online. Um, but if you do like it, um, go ahead and leave a review. It'd be, it'd be nice to have a, a few zeros or ones there just to right. get us angry. If you ever find we're having a conversation and you go, um, man, I really think so-and-so would enjoy this or this would be good for someone, you know, someone else to hear, uh, the reviews, subscribing, that helps get uh, us appearing in places more prominently. Um, to help expand that conversation. I'm sorry for interrupting, Michael. Hopefully that was worthwhile. I was trying to do a little bit of a... I think that was downright professional me. Oh, that was, it was excellent. Okay, so now much. you were at Frederick. We're in the 1530s. Jason, it's fair to say we don't know what's going on with this. That's right. We're in We were simply told we need to do something on the 1530s. Yep. Mike said he has the lead. So I'm now... I might not talk for the rest of the session even. We'll see. Doubtful. Now, <laughs> what I was... What I was thinking was that we would have a session called the 1530s. We'll see if that title makes it to the edit through the editing room. Um, just because we've been kind of bouncing around a little bit, and just to get us chronologically a little bit forward, uh, I thought it would be nice to get a feel for Luther in the 1530s. Um, also, just mention a few events so we can kind of have like a, a chronological sort of memory of what's going on, and that kind of will maybe reset us as we really get towards starting towards the end of, of Luther's life and uh, the end of this Winging It series, which will be very sad. It's been uh, a part of uh, our lives for, for really two years. 
um, and then do some post-Luther stuff as well. So uh, I, I, I'm going to divide this up into maybe three or four categories. The first is like Luther's home life and in the, um, in the university, in the classroom, um, some things that have to do with uh, uh, Luther, Lutheran or Catholic politics, what is going on um, geopolitically, so to speak. Um, and then we're going to, we should maybe spend some time just mentioning at least uh, Robert Barnes and the English. And maybe some of these things will, will be their own episodes later, like um, uh, Minster. Mm. Probably will mention it, but probably is deserving of its, own, of its own episode. So the first thing I talk about is three things that, uh, three or four things that I, I came across as doing a little prep for this, this decade-long um, session. Luther's family's growing. He's starting to have, uh, Katie and Luther are starting to have babies. Um, he's going to be at home probably a little bit more, or at least like his, there's going to be a pull that he has to be at home. He's getting to middle age, getting to be an old man. He is uh, starting to have health issues. So if you read some biographies, some of this stuff starts coming up. You read about kidney stones and, and stuff like that. Stuff like that. Lots, lots of things about bowels, yep. usually. You know, probably writing a little bit more like that. Um, in 1534, though, there, he's still working. In 1534, for example, uh, the first complete Old Testament, New Testament Lutheran Bible is published after years of collaboration um, that began with Luther and the Wartburg uh, working on the uh, New Testament uh, German translation. He, it seems to be, I wouldn't say sporadic with his lectures, um, but there are times when he has to leave lectures go. Um, he worked on some Psalms. He worked on some of the minor prophets. Probably his biggest uh, accomplishment in this is as kind of finishing up the Galatians, Galatians lectures, which becomes a very important commentary um, for, for Luther. Um, Maybe one more thing, and then I'll kick to you guys to kind of respond and uh, your own feelings about uh, about Luther in the 1530s. He's writing a lot, and not only is he writing a lot, but uh, so are his companions like Melanchthon. And I, uh, this is from this is from Hendricks. Um, they were writing so much, and and it falls into four categories. All these letters: theology and politics, church organization, and marital matters. Two thirds of the formal opinions submitted by the Wittenberg panel and what was there, what, what I meant by the Wittenberg panel or what Hendricks means is they're kind of acting in lieu of a bishop. Um, so what do we do with this organizational or theological issue? Who do you go to? You don't have, you don't have a Lutheran Pope. You don't really have Lutheran bishops. And so it was often let to, left to the theological factor, faculty in, in Wittenberg among others. So uh, two-thirds of the formal opinions, so this is formal opinions submitted by the, the Wittenberg panel, uh, dealt with matters in the first two categories, while one-third concerned cases belonging to the last two. Um, now, it's hard to do this, uh, figure out the statistics, but already in 1533, Melanchthon estimated that he had written over 600 briefs for marital disputes. So just think about um, uh, Luther in this time probably getting bogged down at least Melanchthon is getting bogged down that's a that's a astounding number 600 uh, official opinions from Wittenberg on just marital issues mm -hmm. right yeah so family health um uh, time in um 
as a professor in Wittenberg and, and acting like acting like a bishop, this group of men, what do you guys think? Wade, you got something to say? Wade's been... Um, Wade, Wade has been uh, writing uh, some thoughts down and would like me to, to speak for him, to okay. be the, the voice for him. Excellent. So we'll see. Uh, he um, wanted to know that uh, he nodded approval at the Minster idea, uh, which that's kind of an exciting little chapter uh, mm-hmm. to take a look at. Um, and he uh, also thought I was doing a poor job of jumping in and expressing his thoughts when he wanted them expressed. Mm. So, okay. And he's now saying this is boring. So <laughs> we'll see if uh, that, uh, you know, if, if he spices things up going forward. Who knows? Um, I would say, uh, talking 1530s, uh, the, uh, I think that work on the New Testament certainly isn't, or excuse me, the, the whole Bible is important, and that's something that they've been working hard at for a long time, and finally seeing that come to fruition, uh, which isn't, again, not just including the text, but also the, the woodcut artwork that goes along with that um, from, from Cronach. Um, <clears throat> that had to be a monumental task that they were glad to get that to completion and get that into people's hands. Um, and to do it in a reasonably affordable way, uh, which um, if, if you wanted like the full color uh, woodcut printed version, you know, that's going to set you back a little bit. But uh, you had a number of options that you could go with. So that was good. Um, to finally reach that. The other thing that I would maybe add too, in addition to having the kids and, and some of the, the family life is um, some of the uh, devotional and worship things that, that, are, that are continuing to come out at this time too um, in support of the, the Reformation work. The idea of, um, you know, there, there are a number of hymns that are being, you know, written and hymnals that are being published uh, at the as you get into the thirties, um, there's only a few of them in the twenties, if I recall, but then it just blows up in the, in the thirties, as far as the, the numbers of Lutheran hymnals that are being published. Uh, so, and, and Luther is a big contributor toward those too. So, you know, there's a number, number of things that, that he's involved with. Um, and again, and many of these things, you know, you could, we could probably explore, uh, further you know going forward um but yeah there's a lot of things that are happening uh, even though there aren't maybe some of those big red letter type of events um that we maybe highlight in the or big treatises yeah, yeah. big treatises that you know show up in the the teens and 20s um there's just a lot of daily grind type of work to uh really putting the reformation on solid footing going forward well, that that is impressive because Jason, you don't, you don't, you haven't taught this class yet, and you did no prep for this. I said, don't do any prep, and that uh, out of shake this out of his sleeve. Excellent stuff. That was that was fantastic. I'm surprised Wade doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, it's right. You know. So anyway, um, yeah, I I think we're part, he is shockingly quiet. Yeah, uh, part of the issue here in the the overall picture is what well, we had an episode on the Reformation settling in. Right, you you started a Reformation, now what, right? And there's visitations, there's catechisms come out of that. In the 1530s, right, it's it's still the same issue, but, you know, five, sometimes ten years later, some of these issues of administration are becoming 
probably sometimes more settled, but at times probably more complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to to politics, which sort of gets us into the next uh, sort of uh, topic in the 1530s. And that is you still are, you still have the, the threat of Europe breaking apart, right? You still have the threat of the, of the Turks and Technically, uh, the uh, Edict of Augsburg um, gave the Lutherans till 1531, I believe, to come back to yep. uh, the papacy, come back under the control of Charles V specifically, um, or reap the consequences. Right? Yes. Yep. But um, you still sort of have 300,000 Turks that are kind of on the, on the border there. And so there is going to be the Peace of Nuremberg, uh, 1532, I believe, where the Edict of Augsburg is going to be temporarily, um, it's, it's going to be agreed upon that it's not going to be um, executed and uh, in exchange for some military help. Now, what's going to happen in the 1530s is that Suleiman the Magnificent is going to kind of give up a little bit from his Western expansion and go towards Persia. Hmm. And... So he's gonna he's gonna move some troops that way, and Charles V then is going to take that. Uh, now, at at first you say, oh, then Charles V is now going to be all about slamming down the Lutherans in what we call Western Europe, but the truth of the matter is, is he's going to go on the offensive a little bit towards East, um, and so he still needs troops, yep. right? He still needs the backing of the evangelical princes. Now Suleiman's going to uh, uh, fight back a little bit, and he's going to eventually gain back control of the Mediterranean. But either way, Charles V is going to be distracted from um, from the, the, the Luther issue, so to speak. And so there is still kind of be a, going to be a time of a little bit of things are may happen on the horizon, but nothing's really happening just yet. So you have the, uh, the Peace of, of, of Nuremberg, and that's in, in 1532. Um, what's interesting, though, is that there's going to be a new pope in 1534, Paul III, and he is going to actually send. Um, he's going to send a message to Luther via this guy. I'm, I try. I don't know if I'm going to be Peter Paul Vergergio. I'm not sure how to pronounce the Italian there. He's an Italian lawyer. And he was going to try to persuade uh, Luther and the evangelical princes to have a, um, a church meeting. So sort of in the middle and the end of the 1530s, there's still this hope of a church-wide council. Eventually, there's going to be some stuff in Regensburg. Um, but one of the huge issues is where to have this ch- church council. Um, the second issue is going to be, is it going to be a free council? Is it everybody, who's going to be invited? Who's allowed to speak and stuff like that? So one of the issues that they really never get over is, is it going to be in Italy or Germany? Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. and this seems kind of like a, this seems kind of like a, a, a minor sticking point. Like if you're, if you're from our point of view and like you say to the evangelicals, why don't you just meet? You're getting what you want. But the history of church councils um, tells us yeah. what the hap- place matters. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah. I was going to say, what happened at the, I think it was the, la- the, the very last big church council, right, where um, you, you 
meet at Constance, mm -hmm. um, and you invite these guys to come, even even under Safe Passage, um, and that's where, you know, Huss is burned at the stake as a heretic, and and uh, that was, <clears throat> you know, if if you're firmly in lands that are controlled by, uh, you know, Catholic forces, that's uh, pretty pretty easy for them to just say, oh no, all all agreements are off, and uh, this is kind of how we're gonna how we're gonna move forward. Um, and and again, there was there is the ecclesiastical issues, but then there was the political expediency of it. Say, you know, well, if we just get rid of all these guys, then we don't have to go through this messy process. And I think too that you know um, that was one one of the reasons I think that that push for a council gets maybe renewed a little bit is going back to the um, Diet of Nuremberg where they come to this agreement. Um, saying, well, we'll kind of put this on hold until we can have this council, and 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 now you have the emperor too pushing for, saying, hey, let's let's get this figured out, mm -hmm. um, and saying that we're not going to do this at least until a council can weigh in, and and so there is this push then going forward, and I think you know that idea of Charles now being distracted, that takes quite a, a long time until he's able to turn. I mean, it's not until the mid. 1540s that he's able to really get back to um, of the affairs in Germany. So, so it really kind of gives them a bit of breathing room. And then that, which we talked about a couple, couple uh, episodes ago or, or sessions ago, uh, that you know that allows the um, small called league to strengthen their base a bit, and and they're they're in a much better position um, just from a. Milita military political uh, standpoint than they were uh, coming out of Augsburg. So, I mean, that that bit of breathing room that they get through the 1530s um, from a human perspective, a military political perspective was certainly important um, and goes a long way to help them, again, keep things, keep moving things forward, firming up the things, the different establishments of uh, church and and the Reformation continues to spread because okay. um, I think it's in the is it is it in the 30s where the Reformation comes to Denmark? Could be, yeah. I think so. I mean, it, so it, it's now going beyond the sure. the borders of Germany, even. So. And and this Church Council eventually is going to happen. Eventually, it's going to be in Trent, right? This is going to yes. be the Council of Trent, but there's going to be some minor meetings. Regensburg. We'll have a. I'm sure we'll have an episode on that. There's going to be a um, uh, a variety of feelings for this. Uh, Luther at times seems to be okay with this, but I think in the end he becomes kind of like, yeah, right. This is not. This is this is. It's everything's too far gone. Melanchthon, of course, is going to be a little bit more optimistic uh, about these things. At the same time, you also have two different kinds of. Maybe I'd take a step back and say, you, a church council is going to be called by the pope. It's gonna it's gonna have the emperor's somewhat tacit approval i guess you know you're not going to do it without the emperor this would be a, a a huge deal this sometimes you go 100 years without having a council right yep. um but then you have these these diets diets in augsburg diets in regensburg diets in nuremberg diet spire weren't firms remember that's like the the moving congress right so if uh, uh we in the united states have this is the 108th congress or whatever it is Imagine that going from town to town every couple of years. That's the, so. There's all these different meetings, and you already we already talked about the Schmalkaldic League. That's gonna that's gonna 
uh, take a step forward in the 1530s as well. But there's, there's also then going to be a counter Catholic German prince in the uh, Treaty of Nuremberg. Am I getting that right? Or the Nuremberg League? Um, yeah. But it's yeah. going to be a counterbalance to the Schmalkaldic League, right? Yep. So, and then to make things a little bit more complicated, who's on the evangelical side? And that is going to be mm -hmm. uh, an issue in the 1530s. You're going to have uh, Schmalkaldic League is going to, um, flirt's not the right word, but flirt with the English crown, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are going to be uh, English um, reformers that are going to come to Wittenberg and vice versa. But you also have the issue of, okay, here's the people that so signed the 1530 Augsburg Confession. That did not include, for example, uh, the city of Strasbourg. Martin Bucer was not quite on the same page when it came to Holy Communion, so you want to sign that. Okay, you, you're going against your, your conscience right there, but politically, that meant that they were excluded from the Schmalkaldic League, at least for a while. So um, you, you're, trying, you're lining things up here, and, and two things uh, happen. We have the the, the Wittenberg Articles, which were was a uh, sort of an agreement, not an agreement, but a statement out of Wittenberg with the, some of the English reformers that really comes to naught, um, um, at least, uh, I mean, it's influence, influential to uh, English Reformation, but you, you're going to have uh, Henry VIII, which probably, we still probably need to do an episode <laughs> or a session on him. Um, but then you also have... Um, the Wittenberg Concord uh, in 1536 with is uh, an agreement between the South Germans and the what we might call the Wittenbergers, right? Um, uh, South Germans would be tor leading towards more reform, like we would call more reform. And so there's a push there to say, can we be on the same side politically and militarily, right? That's, that's going to be the, the right. secular prince's wish right yep and kind of like like charles v is kind of like figure this out theologians you can imagine philip of hesse for example saying can we figure this out yeah can we fight together yep. but worry about the theological agreement later on because right. if we don't fight together then we might not have this opportunity to have a discussion later on. we already had attempted that with at marburg right, right. with yep. with with swingley uh so uh it's it's not necessarily a theological agreement thoroughly, right? Uh, but it tends to be something more on the political side. Out of this is where um, they're going to ask, uh, uh, the, the secular rulers are going to ask Luther to write what becomes the Schmalkaldic Articles, right? Or the Schmalkald mm -hmm. Articles and say, it, which is sort of like his maybe his last, not his last will and testament, but his last, this is what I have to say. And and can that can that be can that be? Here's where we stand. Can the South Germans? Can Strasbourg or whatever? Can they? Can can we agree with this? Can we find a creedal agreement? Right, like the early church would have with yep. Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed. So anyway, thoughts. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, there was a there was a written message that came across that said, uh, uh, "I think you're doing a great job." The, oh, the two guys that are you know verbally uh you know joining in the discussion here uh, rather than just you know via writing but uh the the um yeah th <coughs> excuse me i think that the small called article that the small called articles that probably is one of the 
red letter dates in the 30s, right? Because uh, as one of the Lutheran confessions, you certainly take note of that. And but and I think you're right. A lot of those factors come into play. Uh, you know, the the move toward a, move toward a council, and you know, getting wanting to be uh, ready for that, especially. And then you know, some of the the health challenges that Luther was experiencing at the time. Um, you know, saying he might he might not make it right to a council. He might not make it beyond. You know, so uh, so put put this down in black and white what you what you really believe what you where you really stand and and luther i think was conscious too of the fact that um you know his name had had grown to such uh such heights at this point that you know if you can say well luther's on my side Mm -hmm. uh you know that carries you know big clout and uh and that was prophetic too i think um because you see people trying to claim claim luther's support on their positions after the, after his death, you know, not till the forties of course, uh, and beyond, but, uh, you know, to say, put down in black and white where you really stand on some of these things, uh, so that we know, uh, right. and he, he was very much conscious of that and, and wanted to, wanted to give a clear testimony to that. So, so yeah, there, there are a lot of the, these things that, you know, kind of all weave, weave together and, and one affects the other. Yeah. Um, Two other, maybe uh, one big one, one maybe not as significant, but happened in the 1530s. Um, one of them will we will uh, have an episode on um, or an, a session on. Uh, you have um, the Siege of Minster, uh, 1534. So that's going to end at least a Anabaptist rebellion. You also have uh, you have a, you have a few deaths here. Uh, Pope Leo the 10th had already passed away yet. Clement the seventh dies in 1534, and that's where we get Paul, uh, Pope Paul the third, uh, who comes in and, and tries to see if he can get a, a council uh, t- together. Uh, he wants it in in England, of course, or in Italy, of course. You also have the death of Duke George of Saxony, and that's significant because his brother Henry the Pious is going to take over Ducal Saxony, and he's a Lutheran. Right, so you have you have a couple of these characters that we've been talking about, such as John the Steadfast, uh, Pope Clement, um, and uh, Duke George, who are going to pass away in this decade. Right, mm-hmm. some the, the, Luther's becoming an old man. Uh, some of these older uh, uh, people characters are dying off, and you're seeing maybe some uh, some younger people um, or or people that are of Luther's age, but become more prominent, like Robert Barnes, uh, Booser. Uh, Melanchthon for sure. John uh, Frederick the Magnanimous. So, um, let me. And do you have some? Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. I think uh, maybe one other thing, you know, kind of touching on touching on that and that, you know, that transition from one to the next. I think too. Yeah, you know, Duke George, man, he'd been a thorn in Luther's mm-hmm. side for a long time, and uh, you know, I, I don't think Luther shed too many tears at mm-hmm. at his passing. But if if I recall, I think he did. Um, send condolences uh which was again kind of a a class move you know that that uh this was um an opponent but you know you still acknowledge that this is a difficult thing and then one other thing tight maybe to that point it's kind of a tight-knit group like this is this is also the brother of frederick the wise and the cousin of maximilian the emperor and you know so it's it they, they are running in the same circles so to speak right yeah yeah they know each other, sure. Um, and then maybe one other thing, which is, you know, this is kind of going on behind the scenes, 
but you know certainly you mentioned Melanchthon and how he continues to grow in influence and and power uh um, I don't know power so much but just you know his influence over over things and 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 is involved in a number of different things but one of the things that kind of is going on behind the scenes um, as you make your way through the 30s into the 40s is that he also starts to maybe tinker a little bit with the mm. Augsburg Confession uh, to say to, to again he kind of views this as his his own document. personal document um, and uh, this thing that had been seen as the standard now starts to take um, various shapes and forms uh, and maybe some of those guys that weren't real keen on it in 1530 now look at a later version that Melanchthon massaged a little bit mm-hmm. uh, to say, yeah, the, um, we can still. And so, so that again, not that that really comes to comes to much during the 1530s, but that certainly is planting seeds for problems and challenges as we go 40s, 50s, and beyond. Melanchthon is anticipating. Uh, uh, the opportunity to have um, concord with either the Roman Catholic side or maybe uh, the Southern German side, right? Um, he's still, he's certainly more optimistic than Luther about this. And you're right. That's a great insight that some of this, some of these seeds are being planted right now that are going to be the post Luther question is what is a Lutheran and who's in charge? Yeah. Right. Who is the yep. one who's going to, going to speak. Right. Maybe I could just go through the 1530s, just some of the dates, just to give us a handle on that's how I kind of like to see a history. This happened, this happened and try to trace the thought and the, um, the events that way. So if, if we begin 15, the 1530s with the diet of Augsburg, right, this is, this is, this is a, if there's a beginning of the Lutheran church, it's, it's this, uh, the presentation of the, of the Augsburg confession, which is rejected, uh, the apology, which is not even read, the confutation, um, which uh, I believe Catholics didn't even allow them to have a copy of. Right. Um, it's it's not. It does not start the decade out very well nope. for for Concord. Right. So immediately you're going to have John the Steadfast and Philip of Hesse initial agreements towards a defensive alliance. Right. Because th- this is this is where now it, it's a, it's it's not just a Luther Luther is an outlaw. There's 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 principalities and states that are going to be involved in this, right? So you have the beginnings of the Schmalkaldic League. Um, in 1532, we mentioned today, there's going to be the Peace of Nuremberg, which gives them some breathing wor- room. Um, 1532, John the Steadfast dies, and so we have John Frederick the Magnanimous comes in, and he's he's a different kind of ruler, mm-hmm. right? The way he treats the internal politics of ducal and electoral Saxony. He's Lutheran from the beginning kind of a guy. Um, we will have a whole episode on the Siege of Munster, which is in 1534. Uh, we have the radical reformers, the Zwickau prophets, uh, Mincer and uh, Anabaptists. We've talked about them before. This will maybe put a bow on that story. Um, the, the English de- delegation, which I think we should have a whole episode on the White Horse Inn and, and Robert Barnes and, and all that kind of stuff. This is mid-1530, uh, so 1535 and 36. There's an English delegation in Wittenberg. Uh, in 1538, there's a Wittenberg delegation in England. You have the Wittenberg uh, Accord in 1536, signed by South German reformers and the Wittenbergers, tacit somewhat agreement, um, you know, if we get attacked kind of thing. Um, 1537, Schmalkaldic articles uh, um, are written at the request of John Frederick. 1538, it was the Nuremberg Treaty assigned as a rival 
um, as a balance to the Schmalkaldic League. So this would be uh, princes that remained with the Roman Catholic Church. 1539, uh, Duke George of Saxony dies. And so all of Saxony becomes Lutheran for, for, for a little bit. Um, 1541, getting into uh, the next decade, that's going to be the beginning of the Diet of Regensburg, which I think will probably at least, maybe if not a whole session, we, we certainly will have some uh, talks about that. Eventually, there's going to be the Council of Trent in 1545, and that will get us up to Luther's death. Oh, by the way, in 1539, there was there was a misunderstanding with Philip of Hesse. I can't remember what that <laughs> all was. We actually had a whole session on <laughs> on uh, Philip and his mess, too. Yeah, so that, I, heard, I believe I that it was... Uh, rather scandalous scandalous is scandalous. is a um is the understatement of of today's session so uh we did you can go back and uh when we first uh met philip of hesse we just decided to have a whole episode or a session on him and um well we we let all the dirty laundry hang out so i don't know that we need to repeat that but that is a 1530s event if i believe mm. so uh wade how'd we do man Thumbs up from the doctor, from the good Dr. J. Um, I feel pretty confident about this. I thought it would be a short episode, but just would kind of move us along chronologically. And uh, we'll kind of com come back. Maybe our next session will be the Siege of Munster and then maybe the English Reformation. Um, I'd like to get to Regensburg, Trent, and that 50s before we get to uh, Luther's death. And then in my mind, obviously, this, could, th this will change uh, 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 as we collaborate off air. But... I'd like to do one on Luther's children, and I'd like to have one good. episode just on on Katie von Katie Luther, the refugee, and what she had to go through. We we oh. did have an episode on her already, um, and we did mention that stuff. But I think it would be really interesting uh, her plight after Luther dies, um, which will um, be a part of a greater story where the Lutherans are going to be on the ropes. They really are going to be on the ropes there in, in the late 40s. So anyway, um, anything else? No, I think that's good. I think uh, it was a good good overview of a uh, lot of things that took place there in the 1530s and uh, teeing up a couple of things looking ahead. Boy, you can get a lot done with uh, without interruptions. Yeah. That was fantastic, yeah. right? Excellent. Yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, don't worry. Wade will come back. With bombast, I'm sure, on the siege movements. There's no way he's going to be quiet about that. <laughs> so you will hear his voice again. Uh, until then, let the bird fly. Another round, another round, one more round won't get me down.